Open the Word of God with me this morning to Philippians chapter 2. We have a divine opportunity this morning, a God-blessed privilege to come into His house and to worship Him according to His Word, by His Spirit, with His people. It's a divine privilege and a divine responsibility that we take this very seriously and leave this place for the better and not for the worse. Once we hear the truth, there's greater responsibility upon us to obey it. The more we hear it, the more responsibility there is to obey it. To whom much is given, much shall be required. We want to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ this morning from John chapter 5, verses 17 through 30, and see Him in all of His glorious splendor with the authority and power of Almighty God to dispense or withhold eternal life and to be totally in charge of the final judgment of all men and flesh. He is a glorious Savior. The passage is not written to comfort. The passage is written to condemn His enemies. And yet there is within that condemnation of His enemies great comfort and peace, promises and assurance of eternal life for believers. And so I exhort you and command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to believe on Him this morning, that He is indeed the Son of God and the coming Judge of the earth. Philippians chapter 2. I want to read you a few verses about him and what God has done to him for what he did for us. I'm going to read verses 5 through 12. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen and amen. amen. The mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 5 was one of humility and obedience to God's will for his life to come into this world and lay down his life on the cross for us. Verse 6, he knew he was God and equal to God in authority and purpose for his role as our mediator. And so it tells us that. Paul tells us that. Verse 7, he had no worry or concern about his reputation. When he would heal, he would tell those that were healed, tell no man that I have healed. Because he did not lift up his voice in the streets. He was not a self-promoter. He was not out a publicist for himself. He did not have a PR firm. He didn't care about any of that. He made himself of no reputation. And Paul confirms that to us here. He took upon him the form of a servant. He served men. 
He served women. He served the sick. He served foolish apostles and taught them the truth. And he was made like one of us. Verse 8, And being found like one of us in the form of a man with flesh, instead of just a divine spirit, he humbled himself and became obedient to the cruel death of crucifixion by the Romans. A terrible way to die. The Roman way. And he humbled himself to that. Now we have one of two wherefores. Wherefore is a word in our language that draws a conclusion from things that have been presented. And so we have a wherefore opening verse 9, and this wherefore applies to Jesus Christ, and the wherefore in verse 12 applies to you and me. But first, the one that applies to Christ. Because Jesus humbled himself to obey his Father, because Jesus made himself of no reputation, because he humbled himself to die the cruel death of the cross, wherefore, because he made himself low, because no one gave him any respect while he was on earth, because there was no form nor comeliness that we should desire him on earth, wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name and has sat the Lord Jesus Christ at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the lowly carpenter Joseph, is exalted to the right hand of God and is a glorious king. And he rules with a rod of iron. And he dashes the nations in pieces. And he's coming again for us. He's risen, reigning, and returning. In the name of Jesus, men should bow, whether they're in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. And every tongue should confess in verse 11 that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God has done this for the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to see it in John 5, verses 17 through 30 today. We're going to see it, I hope, more clearly than maybe you've seen it before. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. You read about him last night in Matthew 23. That's the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus preached commonly in this world is not even a second cousin to the Jesus of the Bible. This is the Jesus of the Bible, and he's Lord forevermore at God's right hand. I thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for exalting your son Jesus this way and for revealing him to us by your spirit so that we know the Son of God and we believe on him and we love him by his grace. But let's look at this before we finish and the burden that it places on each of us. It says in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mindset did Jesus have that we should have? Well, we're told in verses 3 and 4, if you have any strife in your life, if there is strife between you and your wife, strife between you and children, strife between you and parents, if there is strife, you are not like Christ and you're not living like a Christian. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. If you're looking to enhance your reputation, if you're offended when someone overlooks you or neglects you because it's not fitting of the reputation you think you have, you are not like Christ and you are not living like a Christian. Because a Christian doesn't care about their reputation. All he cares about is the reputation of Christ. All Christ cared about was the reputation of God, his Father. So there can't be strife. There can't be vainglory. You've got to have a lowly mind of humility wanting to make everyone else more important than you. It doesn't matter about your comfort zone. Break through your comfort zone to do something for someone else by esteeming them more important than you. That's what the verse says. 
By breaking through your comfort zone, you're showing that you will take the pain to give them the pleasure of your personal attention and service. Then you can be like Christ, because that's what he did. He broke through a comfort zone of sitting in heaven and came into earth and humbled himself to serve us. It's unbelievable what he did for us. And it's so little what we do for others. Verse 4, we shouldn't look on our own things like Jesus didn't look on his, but upon ours and what he was going to do for us. And every man also on the things of others. Let's make sure that we're attentive to the things of others, that we don't have any strife or vain glory, that we have a lowly mind, and that we esteem others better than ourselves. That's the mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the passage is here for. This is how it all ties together in context. The lesson is, this is what you should do from Paul because we have a great example in Jesus Christ. And if you humble yourself now, he'll exalt you now and later like he did the Lord. That's half of the practical application. Now come to verse 12. You, you love verses 9 through 11. You love them with me. I love verses 9 through 11. That God's highly exalted Jesus and every knee is going to bow and confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that he's highly exalted in heaven at God's right hand. We love all of that. Right. What effect should it have on us? That we sing it? That we come to church this morning? That we memorize Bible verses? No, no, and no. Here's the effect it should have on us. Verse 12. Wherefore? My beloved, and I'm saying that to you, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, it's obedience that counts, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Christianity is not a religion where we sit around and bask on some easy chair with joy and happiness, jumping up and down and dancing all the time. There is an element of fear and trembling that is right here because of the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ, lest we not obey him with the full service and complete passion that he deserves. Because God has exalted him so highly, we will give an account to him. Our knees will bow before him, whether you bow actively or passively. So let's obey him, fully obey him. And so the apostle writes this Philippian church, the best church of the New Testament, that we have recorded for us with an epistle is this church at Philippi of Macedonia. And Paul commends them for obeying in his presence and obeying in his absence. But he tells them, this good church, to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Salvation is to be worked out with fear and trembling by obeying to make our calling and election sure. We're supposed to add to our faith virtue, knowledge, godliness, patience, temperance, brotherly kindness, and charity. Because it's God that's worked in us, both the will and to do of his good pleasure in the next verse. But we're supposed to work that salvation out that he's worked in us. And we're going to read in John 5 how he's worked it in us by the life-giving voice of the Son of God. And we're supposed to work it out by obeying him. Verse 14 says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Do you have any disputing with anyone that you shouldn't have? You are not like Christ. You are not working out your own salvation. And the evidence is, you're not saved. What do you have a dispute for? What are you murmuring about? It says, do all things without murmurings. What are you complaining about? What are you whining about? That's the evidence of a reprobate. That's not the evidence of a child of God. The evidence of a child of God is do all things without those two crimes and sins. 
so that you can be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, in verse 15. Are you blameless and harmless this morning? Are you harmless towards your spouse? Are you blameless towards your children? Is your, are your sins confessed? Is your heart ready? Are you eager to worship the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? What a Savior. What a Lord. Join me in prayer. Almighty God, our Holy Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before Thee to give Thee all honor, glory, blessing, riches, power, wisdom, forever and ever. There is none to be compared unto Thee, O Lord. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou art the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that You love the Son, and that You have honored the Son, and that You will enforce all men, devils and angels, honoring Him as well. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, and I speak for most in attendance, that You have changed our hearts, You've changed our minds, You've given us life. You've regenerated us so that we have a new man within that loves your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, do not let a soul escape this day. Do not let a soul escape that has backslidden and is not honoring thee and thy son, Jesus, but convict and convert by the preaching of your word. We thank thee for thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou hast assigned, commissioned, and ordained him to be the judge of the quick and the dead. You've given him the absolute, independent, sovereign authority, along with yourself, of either giving eternal life or withholding it, and of judging all men and their eternal destiny in a day that is rapidly approaching. He is a glorious king. We humble ourselves before thee and him, and we pray that today he'll be lifted up and that our hearts will be humbled our minds corrected, our lives straightened to go through that straight gate and narrow way that leads unto life. So in that great day of resurrection, we'll be found in the pathway of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, every blessing that we have already prayed this morning among the men and that we now beseech thee for, for ourselves, we pray for all churches of saints throughout the world that worship thee in sincerity and in spirit, and in truth. Yes. Heavenly Father, let those pulpits bring forth the cry, Jesus Christ is Lord, Amen. to all that hear, that thy sheep might be comforted, that they have a deliverer and a savior from all their enemies, and they shall be saved with an everlasting salvation by his finished work on the cross of Calvary and by his life-giving voice. We thank thee for this passage that is before us. I thank Thee for blessing me in it. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, You'll bless me to convey that truth, that blessing, that excitement to those sitting before me. Oh Lord, we're dull in our flesh. Our hearts are cold. Our minds are distracted. Our flesh is weak. Help us. Help us, Lord. Oh, help us to see the Lord Jesus Christ more clearly and to honor Him. Teach us by your spirit and by your word. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for our nation. We're thankful for our leaders, and we pray that you will bless them. We give thee thanks for our daily bread. We give thee thanks for health and strength. We give thee thanks for the warmth this day and the cold a few days ago. We thank thee for all things. There is no murmuring in these streets. There is no complaining in these streets. We give thee thanks for everything. 
We know that it is your will and it is our pleasure to give it. You have poured out blessings upon us that accumulate to a total that is greater than any people that have ever lived. And we thank thee. Most of all, we thank thee for thy son. And in his name, we ask that you would forgive us our sins, cleansing us from all unrighteousness, delivering us from all coldness of heart and weakness of the flesh, that we might worship acceptably with much zeal this day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things for his eternal honor and glory. Amen.